You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me this week is Chuck, the commies from the helicopter, DeGroot. He's back again to talk about the news and, you know, whatever other bullshit that comes up. <laughs> How you doing, Chuck? Hey, what's going on? Not bad. Glad to be back. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, let me just get this off my chest immediately. This, I just remembered this. So when's the last time you were at a movie theater? <sighs> That's a hard, that's a harder question because okay. it used to I could go to, I would go to the movie theater almost every weekend but then I had kids. I think the last movie I saw was Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. Well, that was pretty no, recent. No, no. Far far from home. <laughs> Whatever. I'll tell you what, man. I I went with my wife earlier today and I cannot take it anymore. I I would say the last 10 times I've been to the movie theater, it has just been filled with obnoxious people talking throughout the whole thing, flipping open their cell phones, lighting up the whole theater. And today we sit down, we go to see that uh, Impractical Jokers movie, right? Oh yeah. I love the Impractical Jokers, by me, the way. Me too. I like. I watch them like almost every day. We do too. And it's funny because when this show first started, I remember seeing it on TV and being like, that's so juvenile. It's so stupid. And then like, out of desperation, like last year, we just we couldn't find anything to watch. So we just put it on and I fell in love with it. <laughs> I love yeah. that show. So we go to see that movie today and um, we through throughout most of the previews, it's pretty much an empty theater, which is kind of what I expected because it's like I don't think it's out at all the theaters. I thought it would be pretty empty. And then right at the last minute before the movie starts, I kid you not. This roving gang of like 15 to 20 <laughs> sixth graders walks oh, into God. the theater and they are all throughout the entire movie. They're all talking to each other and laughing at like full volume and literally like every 30 to 45 seconds. Maybe there were some spaces of, of a few minutes in there. One of them would go running full sprint out of the theater. I don't know if they were going to like refill their popcorn or what, but it was just like mayhem. It was like it it was like uh, I like Discovery Zone. Did you did you guys have Discovery Zone? <laughs> Do you remember that place? I I don't know what Discovery Zone, but my brain went to um, like a Chuck E. Cheese type yes. type setup. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> but, dis- but in dis- Birmingham. There was Jam and Jim. Okay. Okay. I've never heard and of that. That place was the tits. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Discovery Zone was probably the same thing. It was up in Pittsburgh where I grew up. Um, ah. But yeah, that's that was my theater experience today. And I just remembered it and I wanted to get it off my chest. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awful. It's every time that I've I've gone to the movies in the last few years, it has just been it's been so frustrating. It got to the point where I was like, Trish, let's just buy like a huge TV 
and never go to the movie theater again. And that's that's what we did. We were just looking for something different to do today. And and I don't know. I didn't think it would be that bad. So so let me ask though, who's your favorite Joker? Uh, my guy is Q. Yeah. Well, and, and my my guy tip it actually kind of changes, but it's it's definitely not Joe. Really? <laughs> yeah. Joe is my least favorite Joker. Oh wow! I see. I would. He would probably be my my second pick. I, in fact, one of the one of the bits in the movie I would say is one of my all time favorite Joker's bits, and it's all him. It's it's almost like a punishment for him. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying I don't like Joe. I'm just saying I really like Q. I really like, uh, and then se- it's it's usually like Q is typically my favorite. Yeah. But Sal is pretty good. Every now and then, Sal and Murr, just because it's hilarious to watch them torture Murr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, because because I like a lot of times like I'm, I'm I want to download all of the episodes and get through and be able to watch all of it. But uh, I've been watching like compilations and stuff, and re- the the episode where the punishment was at the piercing place. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. The the nipples, right? And they pierce his nipples. <laughs> He gets both of his nipples pierced and his belly button. Uh, and I was just like, oh, God. The other one is when they covered his body in histamines oh and God. made him do a strip show. Yeah. yeah. I thought um, one of my favorite Murr punishments is um, when when he goes to, what what's that? Uh, not Tinder. It's He goes to like some social media company. Mm-hmm. Tumblr. Oh, 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 Tumblr. And, uh, yeah, and he has to sit like while they're doing presentations <laughs> and just be super obnoxious. That one, I actually, it's gotten to the point where I can't watch it anymore because it makes me cringe so bad. It, it's like, <laughs> it's difficult to watch. Or wait, an, another, what was my, because like, there's so many good mer punishments. And that's why it's yeah. it's hard for me not to say mer. Because what was what was the the one that every time I watch it, I laugh? Dracula. Oh, the Dracula one's pretty funny. Oh, no, the um, the uh, rectal the the oh. prostate exam. Yeah, I I actually was surprised that they actually went through with that on right. TV. Right. Well, and that's, then they did crazy. it a second time. Yep. the the <laughs> The one that surprises me the most that Joe actually went through with it is when he had them all get tattoos, and he got yeah. Jaden Smith tattooed on South Lake. Like a like a photorealistic tattoo of Jaden Smith's face. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> well, I think Sal, he comes up as like one that I really like a lot of the time because you can tell he's like such a uh, he's like a sweet guy. Yeah, yeah, and it's killing him to do what he's having to yep. do. Like like the the punishment where he was the food delivery guy. And they made him, um, anytime someone gave him a tip, he had to tell them it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like physically in pain. Yeah. <laughs> or when he had to cut people off at the beer festival thing, he had to like take their tickets and throw them away. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that show. It's such a good show. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's really uh, worth a watch. It, I would not have, I would never have thought that unless I just happened to catch it one day. Well, and that's, that's, that's the thing is I just happened to catch it. Cause I don't think I would have watched it either. Yeah. I'd have just been like, that's, that looks, that looks silly. But I, I watched some of it. Like, I think it was years ago though. I just caught a little bit on TV live and I was like, 
<laughs> this is actually brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah. So good. But yeah, that that prostate exam. Whew. <laughs> but the prostate exam is actually a great segue into our first news story. Very smooth. I try. <laughs> Every time I try to do a segue when Ryan's on the show, he misses it or thinks it's the dumbest thing in the world. But I'm like, no, no, no I did well. <laughs> that one was, I, I, I give you props for that one. It was a good one. <laughs> but no, uh, I don't know if you saw my post. I, I think I did it on Twitter and on Facebook. But the like probably a month ago, I opened up Hulu and there was this very Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il-esque photo of Hillary Clinton on my TV. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost immediately canceled Hulu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that too. It's horrifying. But what I found out today was that the, the woman who directed that, this documentary of how great and how interesting Hillary is, is actually the same woman who did the hit piece documentary on John McAfee. Hmm. And so it's like, it's one of those things, like when I see that, I'm like, can you trust documentarians at all? Right. Yeah, I I totally, I, I don't buy anything that I see in a documentary. I At this point, I pretty much watch them for entertainment purposes, but I will not put yeah. any stock in anything that, you know, it's so easy to manipulate uh, a situation when you have the power of film behind you and, and editing and right. you can build this narrative and, you know, it's, it's really easy to manipulate a story to, to kind of say whatever you want to say. So I don't know, people yeah. should really take documentaries with a grain of salt. And it's, it's crazy because they're becoming so popular now. Um, I'll be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of documentaries, but the last one that I watched was was actually great, and it's so stupid because it was just about bourbon, and it's on Hulu, and it's called Neat, but uh, I watched this bourbon documentary, and then I started buying a bunch of bottles of bourbon afterwards, <laughs> but one of, the, one of the interesting parts, and then I'll move into the actual story, but <laughs> one of the interesting parts was like in the middle of the documentary... They were talking about the history of bourbon and how it came up. And then they talk about this one guy who decided that, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was before or after Prohibition, but he decided that bourbon needed to be federally controlled. And he was a bourbon maker. So obviously, a lot of the people who were making bourbon at that point could not afford this process. So like he, you, if you see on a bottle of bourbon bottled in bond, it's because of this guy who decided that the federal government should regulate bourbon. And not only that, bourbon is the national liquor, and there are federal rules on what you can call bourbon. Like, it has to be made in America. It has to be at least 51% corn. And, like, there, there are these, these different—it has to be put into a, a, a charred white oak barrel. And so there are all these rules, and it's just because— a lot of it has to do with this guy. They they tried to paint it as if this guy was benevolent because mm -hmm. he uh, he wanted to protect the people from people from people who are making bourbon out of low grade alcohol and stuff and were poisoning and killing people. But you know this dude just wanted to be able to 
knock out the little guys who were giving him competition. Yeah. Yeah. This guy sounds like a real cuck for the state. (laughs) (laughs) But what's what I found out, though, is that Jack Daniels is technically a bourbon. But Jack Daniels actually had to fight the federal government because they don't consider themselves a bourbon. They consider themselves Tennessee whiskey. And so in order to not be called bourbon, they had to fight the federal government for that. That's interesting. But on Hulu, Kim Jong-il looking picture of Hillary Clinton, uh, this documentary, like a couple of days ago, I got a notification on my on, from one of my news apps because I have probably seven that give me different news from different areas and stuff. And one, this one came up like five times from five different apps. Essentially, what the, the this this documentary came out, and something that Bill Clinton said started making headlines. The summary is that the reason that he banged Monica Lewinsky was to manage his anxiety. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, other people apparently Twitter's just gone off. They're like, "Have you ever heard of Xanax?" <laughs> it's it's crazy thinking back to when he he was looking right in the camera and he was saying I did not have sexual relations with that woman to come from there to the point where he's like oh yeah I was just stressed out like that's a crazy <laughs> you know that's that's a big that's a long journey to get from you know telling the american people I didn't do it to yeah I was just stressed out whatever <laughs> It depends on what the the meaning of the word is, is. Right, right. But yeah, like, so here's the, here's the quote from Bill Clinton. He said, uh, nobody sits down and thinks, I think I'll take a really irresponsible risk. It's bad for my family, bad for my country, bad for the people who work for me. You feel like you're staggering around. You've been in a 15-round prize fight that was extended to 30 rounds. And here's something that'll take your mind off of it for a while. Everybody's life has pressures and disappointments and terrors, fears of whatever, things I did to manage my anxieties for years. <sighs> well, we know in Arkansas, at least, it wasn't consensual when he decided to manage his anxieties with sex. Right. Have you ever heard those stories like, um, from the mouths of the women? Yeah, so so uh, during the 2016 election, I think they were really you know, speaking out against the Clintons. And I, I actually think that was the first time I had ever heard any of those stories in their entirety. And I, at this point, I don't recall the details, but I remember being pretty, uh, grossed out. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing I heard Juanita Broderick tell her story on, um, Malice's show. And it, the thing about her story and then at least one other story is that without talking to each other, they shared the same detail of him biting their their lip hard mm-hmm. without talking to each other. Right. And so it's like, oh, yeah, he definitely did this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like it's <sighs> – I mean, I don't love talking about rape. We, we're going to again, in case you were wondering. This is, this is a big rape episode. Glad I could be here <laughs> Yeah, for that's it. what we should call <laughs> That's what I should call it, the rape episode. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I might want to avoid that. But it's, it's just amazing how uh, these, these people, Bill Cosby, Bill Clinton, 
uh, well, Bill Clinton's a little bit different. Bill Clinton and Bill Cosby would actually be kind of in the same boat. These charming men, these, uh, Bill Cosby was like fatherly seeming and mm-hmm. Bill Clinton was cool. I mean, he was technically the first black president. Um, but like they, they could just get away with this stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I feel like if anyone in, I don't like defending the Republicans at all. And I would totally believe it if anyone like the Franklin cover up. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, the Franklin scandal. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. What, I mean, what I, crazy... I believe that. Oh, me too. That, I mean, that is quite a rabbit hole to go down. I remember I had first heard about the Franklin scandal on, I, I think it was Tim Dillon's podcast. And, um, okay. Yeah. I, I first heard of it on last podcast on the left. Yeah. So Tim Dillon actually had, I think the, the author of the Franklin scandal, that book come on the show and man, I, I wound up buying that book and I went down that rabbit hole and then I recommended it to a few people in our secret group. And, uh, it's just, it's such a creepy, crazy story. Not to mention the people that just died. Mm hmm. And that's one that I think I want to talk about in a red pill, but I need to find the names of the people who died. I, I searched for it not that long ago and couldn't find anything. Yeah, that would be that would be an awesome red pill to do soon because there's so much there's so much there. There's so many layers to that story and, and so much information to dive into and research. It's um, it's it's a lot for for people to take in. So if you could distill the uh, essence of that story <laughs> down into a, a red pill an episode or two. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's definitely on my list. Uh, what's, what's going to happen is I'm, I'm going to do some smaller ones, but I got, I spoke to someone who is very well versed in Oklahoma city and the bombing that happened there. And he let me into his archives hmm. of every, like it's like pictures of news stories. It's transcripts of TV interviews it's like, I think it was like 1,400 documents that I have to sift through. Wow. Which is great, but it's like, it's also so daunting to look at. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. So that, I've got some other little things before that, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. But yeah, so one thing that I haven't talked about on the show for a while is actually the democratic field because... Like a lot of stuff happened kind of in between my business trip and now, and so I've just missed a bunch of stuff. So I, I kind of want to catch up on that. So before I left for that trip, actually it may have been, so before I left, I think Iowa had happened. I don't know if I talked about that or not, but Bernie and Pete Buttplug were <laughs> neck and neck in uh, Iowa. And so I think Pete, technically was number one, but Bernie fought that, you know, but Biden was down at like fifth place. Right. I thought his campaign was over. Yeah. And then in uh, New Hampshire, Biden was at like fifth place. Mm -hmm. And so everyone who, this guy who everyone said was clearly the front runner, he was going to be the guy who, who was able to do this and who was going to be able to beat Trump and Trump was afraid of him, blah, blah, blah is just like petering out in these these first few things. They say that there are three roads out of Iowa, or three tickets out of Iowa. I can't remember the saying exactly. But that did not include Biden. But then South Carolina came along, and Bernie picked up New Hampshire easily. It was just looking like Bernie was going to be able to really 
kick ass. And, you know, of course, the cathedral and the corporate media don't want that. Have you read Michael Malice's The New Right? No. Okay, well, I'm, I'll hook you up with a copy because I say the cathedral and you kind of know need to know what that is. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, what are you talking about the cathedral? But I'm not going to explain it. I'll give you a link to the book. <laughs> but yeah, so the, 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 the higher ups in the evangelical left, the progressives, do not want Bernie. I think because they know he's not going to be able to get anything done if he's president. And they've been going for this kind of slow takeover for so long. Mm-hmm. And also he's just, he just doesn't fit the mold. You know, they want the kind of more, more conservative. Right. Isn't he technically, he, he's an independent too, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's not even a Democrat. Yeah. He's never been beholden to the party as far as I know. So they, they probably want somebody that plays their game and that they can control to an extent. Right. And I, I, I was sure that Elizabeth Warren was the establishment pick after Biden, since he was crapping, mm-hmm. just taking shits on stage and having to clean him, clean his underwear afterwards. But when she made that comment about Bernie being saying a sexist remark, she threw a hatchet into her knee like she was done. Mm-hmm. What what comment was that? I I don't recall. So okay, this is kind of the breakdown. Someone from her from her campaign or someone close to her, an unnamed source said that Bernie had had a conversation with Elizabeth Warren where he had said that a woman can't win the presidency. Oh yeah. And, and Warren initially claimed that she did not leak that. Right. And then she went to the, the press and said, yes, that's true. It happened. Mm -hmm. And then in the next debate, they brought it up and they totally acted like they believed Elizabeth Warren and she tried to make herself out to be this victim and it did not work at all. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was when she really lost was when she decided to go dirty with Bernie. I thought that her, her biggest misstep was that awkward beer drinking Facebook live (laughs) video or whatever. (laughs) That was so cringy to me. But yeah, so these these people aren't doing well. Uh, surprise! People who were doing surprisingly well was um, Butt Stuff and mm-hmm. uh, Amy Klobuchar. So you could tell up until South Carolina that they were trying to the the establishment was trying to figure out who would be the stop Bernie candidate or pair of candidates or whatever. And so you know, Butt Plug and and Klobuchar were up on that list. And then South Carolina happened, and Biden wiped the floor with all of them in South Carolina. I think the the next person under him was like twenty points under. Yeah, it was it was I huge. Mean, it was huge. And right after South Carolina, Pete Buttigieg immediately suspended his campaign. He got, he got out of the race, and then shortly after that, Amy Klobuchar jumped out of the race, and they both. They both endorsed Biden. Yep. Obviously, I think what ha- what happened, I don't know what happened with Klobuchar other than she just didn't see a path to winning besides someone sitting them down and telling them what they were going to do, mm-hmm. which I think happened. I think that there was an evil witch that was telling them what she wanted them to do. I I completely agree with that. I, I think that the the, you know, powers that be at the DNC were basically like, you guys need to get out. 
because we need Biden to take this. Or another possibility is that Biden is like, if you get out, I'll give you a, a position, you know, of power somewhere. Right. Well, and I think what happened, especially with with Mayor Pete, is he had a lot of problems with the black community and black voters. And South Carolina is the first state within the the caucuses and primaries that has a large black voting contingent. Mm-hmm. So he had issues with some police matters and police and black uh, violence on black people. Or I, I don't know the exact details because it's not super interesting to me. But also, according to the left, because I had to actually had to I searched to make sure because I'd read it before and I had to search for where I found it. But the left is claiming that black people just don't like gay people and won't vote for a gay guy. Mm-hmm. I, I have heard that take before. And, and honestly, when um, when you first mentioned to me that you thought that the, the amount of black voters had something to do with butt plugs demise in this uh, in this state. Um, that's the first thing I thought. I thought I, I don't think black voters will necessarily go for a, a gay guy, but yeah, a white affluent gay guy. Yeah, right, right. But that's just that's just kind of me parroting, you know, what the left has been saying. I, you know, I don't know that there's any meat to that. But and I, Biden, I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's essentially John McCain, but just slightly to the. He's just in the Democratic party rather than the Republican party. But he does have a pretty good record when it comes to race relations. Not to mention he was the vice president to the first black president. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help him win. Uh but I think I really think what happened is someone sat down Klobuchar and uh butt stuff and told them you're dropping out of the race and we need to come together and endorse Biden so that we can beat Bernie and have a puppet in the White House. Yeah, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's all about beating Bernie. Klobuchar, if I guess that's how you say her name. I, that's how I'm saying it. I don't know. When uh, when we were watching the news and a, a clip of the debate comes up and she's talking, I remember my wife going, who is that? I've never seen her before in my life. And she was like in right. the debates all the way up until South Carolina. And I, if people don't know, listening to this, I live in South Carolina. I'm in Charleston. And um, I am not the most social dude in the world, but I, uh, all the liberals that I know around here, either people in my neighborhood or uh, some of my wife's friends, I can't imagine any one of them supporting Bernie. Um, it just, the the ones that do talk politics all seemed to be, all about either Biden or butt plug. And um, yeah, and I just so I kind of knew going into it that I had a feeling that Bernie was not going to do well here just based on my, you know, circle of people. Yeah, but I well, I did not I would have put my money on butt plug. I did not expect after the performance in the early part of the primaries, I did not expect yeah. Biden to really do what he did. That was a total shock to me. Right. Because the guy can barely speak now. Yeah. I love some of my favorite memes right now are just memes of his quotes on the campaign trail. Like just like his (laughs) word for word quotes. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. And I like, it's honestly, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to put money and, and 
<laughs> donate to his campaign just so I can watch Biden versus Trump. Yeah, I, although I think personally <laughs> for entertainment value, I wonder if Bernie versus Trump would be even funnier because I, Bernie is a n- nut job, dude. And like, like, right? No, he is. Um, Biden is kind of like, here's the thing. Here's here's how I feel about Biden. And I'm going to out myself as a reformed, straight, straight ticket Republican voter here. But back in, um, I, I guess it was 2012 when it was Romney versus Obama, I was supporting Romney. At that point, I was just a straight up Republican, right? And uh, yeah. who was what's the name of the, of the uh, vice president that Romney Paul Ryan Paul Ryan yeah so I remember going into that election thinking man Biden is such a doofus and Paul Ryan is like <laughs> a pretty sharp guy right so so when the vice presidential debate came up, I was convinced. I was like, Paul Ryan is just going to wipe the floor with this dude. He is not a sharp guy. Like he's, he's, there's no way he can handle himself in a debate. And then debate night came and it was the total opposite. And Biden just destroyed right. Paul Ryan. And so ever since then, I kind of thought like, okay, this is like Biden's game. Like this is his niche. When he gets in, like he goes, when he gets into a debate, he goes from like absolute moron to like the guy on the left that you don't want to tangle with. And like, I don't know if that's still the case because he's even crazier now, but I could see him still somehow pulling out a good performance. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going into full blown senility, but I think that probably one of the reasons back then that Biden wiped the floor with Paul Ryan is that Biden has that, yeah, he kind of comes off as an idiot, but so did George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're looking at those two douchebags, Biden's the one you want to have a beer with. You don't want to bring your kids, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the one one you want to have a beer with. I mean, God, that uh, Paul Ryan just seems like a (laughs) douchebag. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, bottom line is any debate with Trump is going to be entertaining. I mean, when... When he just leans oh, yeah. into the mic and he goes wrong, like, <laughs> like who else would do that? He's he's just not to mention. I don't know if you paid attention to this at all, but I follow the president on Twitter because it's it's so great. Mm-hmm. Because every now and then he just trolls the hell out of him, and it's so fantastic. <laughs> but all during these primaries, he was telling people to vote for Bernie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I think he was doing that because I think he wants a prize fight. Yeah, for sure. I he he definitely uh, wants to wants to go up against Bernie. And I, yeah, I follow him. I'm not on Twitter, but I do follow him on Facebook. And yeah, he's been pushing for the and he's been he's been talking about how the DNC is going to steal it from Bernie and stuff. And he's he's just man, he is so much fun with it. Like he does not care about coming off as presidential whatsoever. And that's great nope. that I, to, to people like us who like don't have any particular respect for the office anyway. Like, that's just great. That's fun to watch, you know? Oh, yeah. Biden won South Carolina and then all these other people dropped out and created this Voltron of, you know, no charisma. <laughs> and then we hit we they we hit Super Tuesday and Biden just 
essentially swept Super Tuesday. I think Bernie got maybe four states and Biden got the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, Bernie got, he got California, which is just an, a metric ass ton of delegates. Right. Of course, they're split up some, but it's, it's, Biden is winning right now. He's the front runner and Bernie's just a little bit behind. But one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is that Pocahontas finally dropped out. Yeah. Was that just today? That was, that was recent, wasn't it? I think it was like maybe two days ago. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. So she, in her home state, she lost to Biden and to Sanders. She came in third place. <laughs> and one of the best articles that I found was right after that was Elizabeth Warren was utterly rejected by Native American voters. <laughs> I, I don't blame them. <laughs> but yeah, she sent up her smoke signals and quit, which is great. Yeah. She's uh she to me she is by far of of the candidates I've paid attention to and I I really have not paid much attention to any of this race, but of the candidates I've paid attention to, she is by far the least likable. Like she is Well, before that it was Kamala Harris. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot because about she's her. She's a straight up sociopath. Yeah. Oh man, she was bad. Yeah. We're just misogynists, dude. You know who's the third worst? <laughs> Clobucker or whatever her name is. I don't even know her name. Old Globefucker. <laughs> but no, like no, but really, Kamala Harris was she was what, what was she the um, district attorney? And I think it was in California. I I can't remember these idiots' jobs. Yeah. But she was the one who really cracked down on truancy laws. Hmm. And was willing to throw parents in jail because their kids didn't go to school. Oh my god! Here's an interesting note that I came across. Not well, a couple months ago, after when this Kamala Harris stuff was going on. Do you know what they called it when slaves ran away from their masters back in no. the day? Truancy, hmm. which I think is just a little bit funny, considering that we send our kids to these prisons. Yeah, and and she had uh, she had a real tough time herself with the black vote didn't she because i mean she's african-american isn't she she's not oh. she's like half jamaican half indian oh really so she would yeah she would call herself uh black or what or african-american or whatever and she she pissed off some black people because they're like N your parents were never slaves what are you talking about okay so that must be part of it and then the other part of it was her you know kind of cracking down, I guess maybe with the truancy laws that you were talking about, I knew it had something to do with, you know, policing and, and, um, that kind of stuff. Also marijuana. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was wondering. She was hard on marijuana laws. And then in some of these interviews that they did when she was running, they were like, Oh, have you ever tried marijuana? And she was like, Oh, of course. Laughing about it Ugh. when she threw kids in jail. Ugh for having marijuana on them. She's a psychopath. Like she, she was easily the most evil candidate, I think, that was in the race. And what's interesting is I I was it was it her? She was also Hillary Clinton's pick. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Just pure <laughs> evil sticks together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm she did not last long and I'm glad that she's Gone. I, I didn't know much about her, but I from the little I did know, I was like, the, she's got to go. Yeah. Well, and, and to move on from our misogyny, <laughs> there is one woman who's left in the race who is just fighting for her life. Mm -hmm. 
And that's Tulsi Gabbard. Who at this point, they have now changed the debate rules, right? Even though she has won right. one delegate. She won she won one delegate. And so she was it was looking like she was gonna be able to be in the next debate. So it would have been a Biden Sanders Tulsi debate. Right. And they're like, no, we can't have that. If so, if you did not believe in the deep state before, <laughs> you know, the right. the pro war deep state, I mean, how do you deny it now? She's the one anti war voice. Yeah, uh, in the in the entire well, yeah. field, and she just got cut out at every turn. Right, and well, one of the things is that people like to claim that Bernie is anti-war, and he may be more anti-war than a lot of other people. But he's also I, I've said this before, but I think he's a liar, and I think he plays the cards that he wants to to get the votes that he wants. Because like back when they voted on the Iraq War, he voted against the war, and then immediately voted to fund it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if you were actually anti-war, you would have voted no the second time too. Right. But yeah, I think he's full of shit, but I've always thought he was full of shit. But yeah, so Elizabeth Warren drops out and does her little speech and people are like, little girls everywhere are sad because they're not going to see a female president. And then the uh, leftist Twitter just, they just, they, they are all bemoaning the loss of Elizabeth Warren and they're talking about how there are no more female or non-white candidates in the race. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Tulsi Gabbard is both of those things. Yep. But it's not convenient for her to be. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, I mean, the, the when, it, when it comes to the Democratic race, I mean, Bernie and Biden are essentially neck and neck. I mean, Biden's a little bit up, but the corporate media, the deep state, the cathedral, whatever you want to call it, they uh, DNC, they, I mean, they were able to talk butt plug and Klobuchar and Warren out of running for president in order to stop Bernie. So. Yeah, I, I don't think he has a chance. I think they'll do whatever. It, Bernie. Yeah, I, I think they'll do whatever it takes to stop him. And I've that's been my gut feeling from the beginning. And uh, that first, what, what was the first state? New Hampshire? I, uh, Iowa. Iowa. That when he ran away with that, I was shocked. I, I thought that they would, they would, you know, do their well, you thing. You remember what happened in right? Iowa, though? No. Nah. Because he didn't run away with with Iowa. The first state, there were mistakes, and they didn't release the results until like a day or two after. Oh, yeah. There was a whole cluster. Yeah, they didn't like the results. And you can tell that they just were releasing things so that that uh, butt stuff was coming out on top. Wow. Because they wanted someone other than Sanders. I mean, it's crazy. But that's the thing. The more they do to Tulsi, the more they do to Bernie, the more people on the left are going to be red-pilled through this, which is a good thing. Yeah, and I'm... So, wait a minute. Iowa was pretty much neck and neck between Buttplug and Sanders. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was New Hampshire, though, that I was thinking of. Yeah, he ran on, He Yeah, he ran He ran New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire and Vermont. Which was a surprise. Oh, yeah, well, Vermont's no surprise. Yeah, New Hampshire, yeah. I'm just looking at the results now. This has been crazy. Colorado... Utah, Nevada, California. On Super Tuesday, I think he got four Jeez. or five. Well, regardless, I don't... Uh, it's going to be Biden. It's going to be a Biden-Trump debate, so get your popcorn ready. I think either way, either way, we're getting a hell of a show. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it'll be fun either way. <laughs> there was a bit of news that uh, I think it. I think it came up today, and I was like, what the hell did I just read? In Tennessee... A 94-year-old man 
is being deported. And he's being deported because he he's a Nazi. You don't say. He, well, hopefully they <laughs> punched him in the face before they deported him. Isn't that what you're supposed to do now? Oh, yeah. Well, I think you're supposed to. I think the goal is to murder. But yeah, punching is the first yeah. step. Um, but yeah, so this this 90-year-old man, 94-year-old man, was it Friedrich Berger? So what happened was someone was, uh, I guess they were scuba diving or something, but there was a a ship that had sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And on this ship, they found an index card with his name on it showing that he was in the Nazi army. And so the Department of Justice uh, was able to find him in Tennessee uh, using that card. And then on February 28th, an immigration court ruled that he had to go back to Germany. He, he has 30 days to appeal the decision, but yeah, this 94-year-old 90, man uh, is gonna, being kicked out of Tennessee because he used to be 94 Nazi. years old. And, and I believe it said that he was here since, what, 59? Yeah, well, he was. He's been here for decades, yeah. but I I didn't see an exact number. But since 1959, he's actually been drawing a pension from Germany for his wartime. That service. was the most surprising thing to me that they are still right. drawing pensions from their service in the Nazi military. Right. I could <laughs> when I read that I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Germany is still paying out Nazi pensions. <laughs> that I, I was like, when I read that, I had to reread it. And I was like, how have we not heard about this before? <laughs> and yeah. this whole thing, this whole thing is is not without precedent either, because apparently this happened recently with another guy in his 90s, obviously, who was sent back to Germany and, and died five months after he was deported. So I guess this happens. This yeah. happens every once in a while. I've never heard of it before. Every now and then they find a Nazi yeah, hiding in America. Yeah. Still drawing a pension. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this guy, uh, Berger, uh, he claimed that when he worked at a, um, a, a Nazi concentration camp, that he didn't carry a weapon and that the court's conclusions about him at the work camp are based on lies. The immigration judge found that the prisoners Berger guarded were held in atrocious conditions and were exploited for forced labor. Berger was also accused of guarding prisoners during a forced evacuation to a main camp that took two weeks and left 70 prisoners dead as they traveled in inhumane conditions, according to two government news releases. But this, what this does for me, this begs the question, because you and I, I think we would agree that just because you are doing what you've been told to do or were ordered to do, you are still culpable for your actions. Right. Just following orders is not an excuse. Right. But you see this happen, but at the same time, that that guy, I forget his name, I think it was Gillespie maybe, who was one of our soldiers, he, I think he was over in Syria, they were fighting ISIS, and there was a a 15-year-old combatant, ISIS combatant, that they had essentially neutralized. He was, uh, he was hurt, and the medics were taking care of him, and this guy took out his knife, killed him I, I'm, if i remember correctly he actually either he was just holding his head that was still connected to his body or actually cut off the head i can't remember but he killed this guy and posed with his dead body and not that long ago trump pardoned him mm -hmm. and i'm wondering like i i'm no fan of nazis i'm no fan of people who who killed jews or anyone else i'm very against violence 
But why is it that there was not much of a stir over one of our guys who committed war crimes? But this 94-year-old man who worked at a concentration camp in 1945 when he was... I mean, obviously, how, how old was he in 1945, right? He's 94 now. Let me math. Where's my, where's my calculator? <laughs> Good luck, dude. I'm not, even, I'm not even getting into that game. Minus 1945 <laughs> equals... He was... Wait, that, no, I, I did that wrong. <laughs> That's 75 years. So 94 minus 75 equals... He was 19 years old. So this guy, at the end of World War II, who was a guard at a concentration camp, is being deported, but a guy who intentionally killed a 15-year-old enemy combatant who was being being worked on by a medic, that's fine. Let's part. Because he's protecting our freedoms, dude. <laughs> Isn't that the line on? I just feel like if you're going to deport the old Nazi, you need to throw the murderer in jail, too. Dude, that 15-year-old kid had all of our freedoms. And <laughs> he freed them with soldier his knife. Was just, yeah, he was just getting them back for us. Because our freedoms are over there, apparently, right? <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was a weird story because I, I couldn't quite figure out how to feel about it. It's um Right. I mean, the guy's 94. You know, like What's he gonna do now? I don't know. Yeah, what what's he gonna do? It's it just seems like it's almost like a like a virtue signal. It's like it, yeah. you know, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any difference. The guy's ninety four. He was a kid when this happened. Like it's not like you're doing nothing to like protect people. It's just a, a virtue signal. You know, it's it's just kind of weird. But you know, the other part of me kind of gets it. <laughs> you know, I get it. I mean, by all means, send all the Nazis back to Germany where they belong. But. The thing that, like, have you ever heard of, um, what's it called? Operation Paperclip? Yeah. Yeah. So the the U.S. government, right in the 50s, right? Right after World War II, got a bunch of Nazis and brought them over. And Werner von Braun, one of those Nazis, ran NASA. But this guy lives in Tennessee and isn't, I mean, I, I just don't see. Yeah. That's an interesting point. You know, when when we can bring over their scientists and engineers to, you know, uh, design and engineer weapons of war for us. That's cool. But this guy just kind of living peacefully in in uh, Tennessee or wherever it is, he's got to go at the age of 94. It's just strange. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's just a weird. It's a weird story that I don't know how to feel. <laughs> right, and and the fact that they found a three by five card in a sunken ship is just so bizarre, too. Yeah, that. So my initial reaction to that was like, I, you know, I don't know. Are we going to trust this weird three by five card story? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's also weird. Like, I'm, I'm cool with like deporting all these. L literal Nazis, but at the same time, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's a weird story. Tell me how to feel about it. I can't tell you how to feel about it because I don't know how to feel about it. It's one of those <laughs> weird things where, like, I feel bad for the elderly. Like, when you're yeah. 94 years old, you're basically dead. That's that's the only thing that kind of, like, gets me about it. It's that he's 94. If he was, like, you know, if this was, like, a 65, 70-year-old Nazi, I'd be like, yeah, get the hell out of here. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> 94. Oh, man. He's not doing anything. He's just like laying in a bed. I bet he has a hard time taking a shit. Yeah. 
But uh, here's another weird story that I came across. And I, I've, I've labeled this hero fixes teeth without license. Uh, Florida man was in the news. So a guy named Jose Vicente in Jacksonville, Florida, was actually caught offering free market dentistry. How dare he? Right? So this guy, he worked out of his house. And so in, in his house, he had an x-ray machine. He had an autoclave, which is the, the piece of equipment that sanitizes uh, tools, equipment, stuff like that. Right. That all sounds good. But let me ask you this. Did he have a license? <laughs> he did not. He had dental equipment. He had tools. He had. Uh, he gave people prescriptions, and they they found that in like a, a pr- like a book full of a proof of payments in his residence, and they decided to throw him into jail with a seventy five thousand dollar bond. And the reason he got caught was because an undercover sheriff's deputy was talking to him, and Jose offered him an X ray. Right. So over in Jacksonville, there was a guy who was doing dentistry work off the book, which means it's a much more competitive price than your licensed dentist. Mm-hmm. So there are people, I'm, I'm, I'm making assumptions here, but when you don't have, an, have a license and you're working out of your house, people are going to spend less for your services. If they have a tooth they need pulled, they'll come to you. It'll cost them a lot less than going to the dentist. And so now... Those people who needed that help, who needed, who didn't have the money for these procedures, now no longer have someone they can go to. Right. So I think that Jose Vicente is a free market hero. <laughs> yeah. So so these people, I mean, if you're going to get dental work done by a guy out of his house, <laughs> you you're going there because you cannot afford to go to a real dentist. You know, right. So right. like all these people that that were getting work done now, as, as you said, have nowhere to go. But but the thing that bothers me the most about this story is the fact that they were using resources to send undercover yeah. agents <laughs> to 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 kind of fish this guy out to to weed out the unlicensed dentists. It's like we've gotten to the point where these people are just like so flush with taxpayer money that they are cracking down with undercover stings on free market dentists. That's <laughs> that's what we've come to. I think what I've that learned is, amazing. is that it's a bad idea to clean the teeth of a pig. So just don't do it. Right. Good. <laughs> that's that's a good lesson to learn. from. <laughs> Let's talk about Trump for a second. Because the whole Russia thing happened, and I don't know if you noticed, during all of this time, and even today, uh, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, all of the major corporate media outlets will talk about Trump's using Russia and getting help from Russia as if it's a cold, hard fact. And so Trump, after the, the Mueller probe, after the impeachment stuff, He's done. And so at this point, Trump is suing CNN, the failing New York Times, and the Washington Post for defamation. Amazing. It's three different lawsuits. The lawsuit was filed in a federal court in Georgia for some reason. Is CNN located in Georgia? Oh, God. I wouldn't I think have so. no idea. This particular one, they're accusing CNN of publishing uh, a libelous opinion piece on its website about Russia's efforts to influence U.S. elections. 
The complaint alleges CNN was aware of the falsity at the time it published these opinion pieces, but it did so for intentional purposes of hurting the campaign while misleading its own readers in the process. A couple interesting points about this to me. Um, one is that he, I, I guess his legal team is the same people that represented Hulk Hogan against Gawker <laughs> and one. Is that correct? I believe that's what I read. Yes. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it just kind of reminds you that like Trump is, is really part of like the entertainment industry, you know, like he's got these entertainment lawyers like representing him against CNN. Right. But it's the other thing is that this is just an aside, but one of my favorite things about the current year is <laughs> when Trump in pressers will like just straight up to any reporter from CNN. He doesn't do it all the time, but sometimes he'll be like, no, you're fake news straight to a <laughs> reporter's face from CNN in like yes. a White House presser. It's right. amazing. Well, that and he has like, usually this is words that these are words that they would use, but he's emboldened the Republican Party to just not take their crap anymore. So like mm -hmm. uh, there was some, some, I forget her name because she's not important, who recently a reporter walked up to her and asked her a question and she was like, I'm not talking, I'm not talking to you. You're, you're, you're just, uh, you're just fake news, you know, something like that. And it's just these people are no longer taking this nonsense. And it's mm -hmm. so fascinating to me. Yeah, it's it's a weird time. And it's like, I don't think, I, I think this, the left is still in the dark about like how passionate people are, like Trump supporters are about right. that kind of stuff. Like how passionate they are about like, it was like, you know, throughout the entire Obama administration, people on the right were just, they just felt like they were being told you're racist, you're bigots, you're, you know, like just beat over the head with this stuff. And it got to the point where it was like, you know, every day major media outlets were were running like opinion pieces about how evil people on the right were. And then Trump just kind of comes and at the exactly the right time and just starts calling these people out and saying, no, you're fake news. That has like electrified so many people on the right that like they really hold this guy up as as almost a god at this point. I know. And I think they're going to be very surprised by the additional support that he has going into 2020. You know, like in 2016, there were a lot of people like I I was still a Republican going into 2016 and I had such a distaste for Trump that I kind of left the Republican Party and and found libertarianism, right? But there were still a lot of Republicans that just refused to vote for him yep. that now, after four years, are totally in his camp. Right. So, like, there's... The only ones that are left get... are, like, Max Boot and uh, Bill Kristol and Joe yes. Walsh. So, I, I feel like he's going to get a much higher turnout from his own base this this election than he did in 2016 and they're probably not counting on that. Oh no, they they don't know anything. They just recently like pay attention and tell me if I'm wrong, but you'll notice that a lot of the way they talk about it now, the rhetoric has shifted 
from calling him a racist and his supporters racist. And instead, they're, they're, they're calling him a liar and talk mm. about all the lies. It's shifted from racism. and I, Well, I think. But it's something that I've noticed lately. And so does that mean that they're catching on? It, the they're, fact they're that finally it took, realizing it took until 2020 for them to do that is incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. I could be wrong, but pay attention and let me know if I'm wrong, because I feel like the, the rhetoric is shifting to liar. Yeah, it's amazing that it took them this long. Like, I, I remember throughout this term multiple times saying, I can't believe they're still talking about his supporters this way. This is just getting them more and more fired up. Right. And it, it was, I don't know, it just kept going and going. So maybe they are finally learning their lesson, but it, it's too late for 2020. You can't convince me that he's not going to be president for another four years. I, I right. find and that it, very hard to believe. And regardless of what's going on, it's going to be hilarious. But I, I will say this this lawsuit, I think that it's probably more of a gesture than anything else. It's a it's a warning shot because yeah. you know, the the team's going to have to prove actual malice on on the part of CNN, New York Times, and the Washington Post, and that's that's a hard that's a hard thing to prove. So I think that probably more than anything, this is a warning shot. And, and I think. It's, I mean, going to these trials is expensive too. So I think it's, it's, he's kind of trying to dissuade that kind of rhetoric and behavior, right. you know, because no New York times, as you called them, the failing New York times, <laughs> they don't want to get involved in this kind of shit, you know? No, they um, don't want to pay. They don't, they don't want, it's really bad for objectivity when they claim that they're objective to have the president suing you for not being yeah. objective. Yeah. It's not a good look. Yeah, it well it's it's interesting and I I'm I'm very interested in seeing how it plays out. But Oh yeah. Let me tell you this, pal. I want to <laughs> get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, <laughs> which is what these women have said about our pal Harvey Weinstein. God, when you Okay, so you sent me a message a couple weeks ago and you were like, "Have you read these articles about Harvey Weinstein. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've read them. I, I cause I'd, I'd heard some of the stuff that he'd said. Uh-uh. And then, and then you <laughs> sent the link and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I, I sent you a bunch of the quotes in that, in that chat. And oh my, they're like, they're so bizarre and gross and uh, fascinating. <laughs> It's and disgusting, and like I don't know if you've started your your um, illustration of it yet, but <laughs> no, oh, <laughs> so gross. I I I got grossed out just imagining how I would illustrate this thing. <laughs> so we've not talked about Harvey Weinstein on the show, like I don't think at all. But you know, he was accused of rape, sexual assault, sexual harassment. He was actually 95 women claimed that Weinstein, around 95 women, I don't know if my count was quite right. Uh, they claimed that Weinstein had sexually assaulted or sexually harassed them. This includes Kate Beckinsale, which I, I, I think I think it'd be hard not to stare at her in the very least. <laughs> I like you really tempered that <laughs> in the last second there. But yeah, she is 
and she's like in her forties now, isn't she? Or or forties or fifties, and she still looks unbelievable. Yeah, I think I think it would be it would be hard not to catcall her in the very least. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah also, yeah. Anne Anne Hache, uh Kate Blanchett, Angelina Jolie, uh, Eva Green, Salma Hayek, Lena Headey, Rose McGowan, Uma Thurman, like big names, and ninety five of them said that he had sexually assaulted or harassed them. And then 15 women accused him of rape. Oh, my God. His uh, case was heard, and it was finally decided on on February 24th. But during that court case, it, what you sent me happened. Would you like to, would you like to go over some of this? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm stoked to read this. Because <laughs> he's such just... He's he's such like just a disgusting, horrible dude. Obviously, yeah. Um, to to have this many accusers, like he's a he's a piece of shit of the highest order. So for this stuff to come out about him, I you know, I'm not gonna say whether or not I believe it's true, but um, for them to say this, I think it's exactly what he deserves because. It's humiliating. So, and I wouldn't be surprised because he he the way she describes him, and you look at him, it's like, oh yeah, I can see that. And if you saw his the the pictures of him <laughs> from before and after the trial, he just he looked so humiliated and just beaten down through, from from going through this. And um, I have to imagine that some of these descriptions of him really took their toll on him. So he. I, I, I don't remember the name of this accuser, but this was one of the women that was in the trial and uh, they were, what do they call it? They were just questioning her, cross-examining her. I don't know what they call it, but uh, here's some quotes. Jessica Mann. Jessica Mann. Yeah. The, the first time I saw him fully naked, she said, I thought he was deformed and intersex. He has an extreme scarring that I didn't know. Maybe he was a burn victim. He does not have testicles, and it appears that he has a vagina. He also peed on me once. She continues a little later, it's I guess, It's so disturbing, saying, I can't help but laugh. Just the image is just so like, gross. It, it appears that he has a vagina. Have you ever seen a uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with Martin yes. Freeman? You know those aliens that do the poetry? Yep. I don't remember it that clearly. So there, there were the, the, the bureaucrat aliens that were super boring, Um I forget what they were called, but in my mind, that is what I'm picturing. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe that'll be the cover art. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I can't really picture it right now. She also continues, it was very bad. He smelled like shit. Excuse me, I'm sorry, like poop. <laughs> he was just dirty. So this dirty, gr I mean, you know what Harvey Weinstein looks like to begin with. He's not an attractive man. Well, yeah. This Eddie, he, he smells like shit. <laughs> he is deformed and appears to be intersex, has extreme scarring. And, and uh, apparently a and vagina. appears that he has a vagina. <laughs> and then there's another quote that is just coming back to me now. I don't know if we, oh, here it is. I don't know if this was the same woman. I think this might've been a different one, but okay. I'll just, I'll just start from the beginning of, of what she, what she said here. After uh, meeting up for dinner, he brought her home to his room and had the food delivered there. He then offered her a massage, which she rejected. When she rejected that, he asked for a massage. This is where it gets interesting. At that point, he had his shirt off and he had lotion. 
I started putting the lotion on his back, just like very awkwardly, with a flat palm, stiff fingers, and smeared it around. He had a lot of blackheads, and the texture of that was uncomfortable. No shit. Oh, and so one of the things that I noticed from this is one of the things he said to her was uh, he would apparently say more than once, do you like my big fat Jewish dick? Uh, uh, and another woman, Jewish, (laughs) another woman, uh, which is it's it's along the same lines, said that one of the things that he said to her while she was raping him was be a good Catholic girl. And don't tell anyone. Oh, God. He is so creepy. It's so gross. And like that mixed with the Jewish dick thing. I believe it. And doesn't he have like, I I, I don't have a picture of him up, but doesn't he have like a lot of acne scarring on his face? So like I kind of believe the blackhead uh, (laughs) texture of his back story. When we were talking, we were talking about you illustrating it. I was like, okay, so when you do the illustration on his back, use... (laughs) the moon as a texture map (laughs) yeah just like craters oh god yeah you just like assumed that i was going to illustrate this like that's what i do like in my spare time i believe in you (laughs) just (laughs) he also peed on me once this dude like it's like if this is if none of this is true she something happened and she's just hurting him at this point yeah yeah like now now the the weird kind of twist in the story and i know you know people that talk about this sexual assault stuff so they say that this doesn't matter and there's lots of reasons that this kind of thing happens lots of psychological reasons but there was a portion of this that was a consensual relationship for a while. right she said she felt sorry for him and that's why she gave him head yeah you know, I, obviously, I'm I'm not saying that none of this happened and that, you know, her being in a consensual relationship with him at some point justifies in it. any way yeah. excuses. Yeah, it excuses us. But it, like, she's a pretty good looking girl. Like, what was she? <laughs> I guess that's my problem with it. Like, she could do better. <laughs> in the article, she was like, well, you know, I came from the country and I was around cows a lot and I smelled their their shit. I mean poop all the time. And I was in a very conservative Christian home and I'd never been in a sec- like that kind of like playing up the naivety. And yeah, it's yeah. like I, I definitely believe he I raped some that, chicks though. and I definitely believe he did something to her. Uh, I don't know if he has a vagina, but none of this would like if you like when I read this, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I can see all of yeah, it. So it's like it's like Bernie Sanders to me looks like he smells like spoiled milk. Harvey Weinstein <laughs> looks like he smells like shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and I I have to say a couple things. First of all, the her playing up the naivety of um, you know, growing up on a farm and and now she's in Hollywood and there's this powerful guy. I I buy that. I oh, I yeah. see how that could Oh yeah. how she could get caught up in this, you know, in in, in this celebrity and, and that kind of stuff. Not to mention so imbalances that. of power. Like that is that, that is right. a thing. Right, for sure. And um, the the other point is that, like, if she was going to, like, make stuff up about him to humiliate him in this trial, 
I feel like, man, what are the chances? Like, this is some really out there specific stuff. Right. I feel like she would she would come up with something that was like a little more cliche, a little more general, like he has a small dick or something. But this is like very specific and weird. Well, it's like with Stormy Daniels and Trump, she said he had a small dick. But in this, I'm not yeah. a body language expert by any stretch of the imagination. But according to this... She said this stuff, and he didn't look angry or anything like that. He just hung his head. Yeah. And like, for, I'm, yeah. I'm, like I said, not a body language expert, but for me, that sounds like someone who's going, oh, my God, they know now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe this is out and there it, now. Yeah, honestly, so looking weird. like that, having these issues that she's saying really explains why he would, why he would be crazy enough to act like that. Yeah. Like almost like he's got something to prove. Yeah. Or, or, or he's know? just so screwed up and it screwed him up. I'm not, I'm not giving him any justification whatsoever. Don't hear that. But like when you, if you have what looks like a vagina and no balls and one, one little thing I heard was that he actually had in order to get hard, he had to inject something into his penis. Yeah. And if you, if you have all of that going on, you're angry and you can't get what you want without coercion. Right. And and he has the means to get what he wants because he's got the power and he's got the money and it makes him feel like uh, like a man, I guess. Yeah. And so I like, you know, I'm no I'm no psychologist, but I could see how that kind of thing could make sense. But the um, the needle thing, I forgot about that, that she was like she went into the bathroom after he raped her to just cry. And she saw the needle that he used to inject his dick to get it up sitting on the on the counter. And she realized, oh, my God, if he injected himself, that means that there was blood. And now oh, his blood is inside God. of it. And she was like terrified. I would be, too. Yeah, that that's uh, the, those articles. So, like, you know, we're we're poking fun at, um, you know, his genitalia her calling out his his deformities and stuff but the articles are, are actually as you can imagine extremely difficult to they're read. horrifying yeah they, i i at a certain point because i didn't read all of it um even when i sent it to you a few weeks ago at a certain point i kind of had to stop yeah. because it was just so awful yeah this is truly disgusting and depraved and the dude so he he was just to say he was convicted on February 24th of third degree rape and first degree sexual assault involving two women. But he was acquitted of three, I think, first degree rape, like way more serious charges. So right now, after 95 women claimed that he had sexually assaulted or harassed him, and 15 women accused him of rape, the only thing he, he, he may get as little as five years in prison. That's insane. I mean, his... Even if that happens, which I think that they'll make more of an example of him, I, I think they'll probably give him a stiffer sentence than that. But even if he does only get five years, it can go up to twenty-five years, right? And if, even if he only does get five years, I mean, his life, I, I would have to think, is over at this point. Oh I yeah, mean, no, he's he's not he's not working in Hollywood anymore. You know? Did you see? Do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm at all? No. 
So there's there's a character who plays Larry David's manager. Uh, his name is Jeff Green, and he's played by I, I think his name is Jeff Garland. Okay, and he kind of looks he kind of looks <laughs> like Harvey Weinstein. He's he's a big you know fat guy, and he's at a party in one in I think the first episode of this season, and this woman just comes up and starts screaming at him and yelling at him, telling him how disgusting of a pig he is and stuff, and he has to stop. He just stands there and takes it, and then he's like. I'm not Harvey Weinstein. And she just like has to apologize profusely. But it's like, I mean, when when you're like getting written in to curb your enthusiasm and throughout multiple episodes, just your name dropped as this horrible, disgusting guy. I mean, it's over for you. Yeah. There's no way to bounce back from that. It's like you're not going to Clinton this. Right. And bounce back and be OK. You're you're done. When you look like that and smell like literal shit, there's no playing the sax to get out of it. And I mean, it's amazing that Clinton even bounced back from from all of his accusations. But yeah, he didn't have a conviction. Right. To uh, wow. So yeah, that was easily the most disturbing story we've ever talked about on my show. <laughs> so so <laughs> thanks for laughing at his mangina with me. Yeah, that's I was. Looking forward to getting that out there even more. I think everybody should hear this because he's such a piece of crap. Yeah, it's yeah. This is this is a guy who, uh, yeah, he de- he deserves far far worse than what he's getting. Yeah, he deserves the humiliation for sure. So with that, we're done. So uh, everybody, thank you for joining me on this adventure into the madness that is our world. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon if you just type in this is MLGA. If you'd like to email me for some stupid reason, you can reach me at this is MLGA at MLGANetwork.com. Uh, don't try to contact Chuck. He doesn't want it. I'd like to give a special shout out to someone called Mr. Love. I have no idea who you are, but this month you became a patron on my Patreon, and I wanted to say thank you. I'd also kind of like to know uh, who Mr. Love is. So reach out. I'd, I'd, I'd love to know who you are. But yeah, thank you for keeping this show going. Definitely hit me up and don't hit up Chuck. If you're not subscribed, do that. If you want to give the show a rating on iTunes, do that too. And don't forget to check out any of the rest of the shows on the MLGA network. In addition to this garbage fire of a show, uh, we have Lesbertarian, Voluntary Vixens, Technoagorist, Thank You for Your Servers, and The Morning Drive with David. So uh, uh, say goodbye, Chuck. See ya. (laughs) You guys stay safe.